Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. All right, folks, welcome to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Rose. Well, folks, um, like we anticipated last week, we mentioned, um, we've got the Mr. Kieran Molyneux on our show today. Um, everyone knows who he is. He's uh, Jamie Webster's partner in crime. He's played in front of, I don't even know how many thousand fans in Madrid. Um, I've seen him alive myself, uh, very talented, huge Liverpool fan. And uh, we're just honoured and privileged to have him on the, the show. So, first of all, Keen, how are you, buddy? And thanks for coming on. I'm all good, mate. I feel better after they could have got a win. I, I couldn't be bothered coming on this show with another loss, to be honest. Like, so I'm happy we've got something positive to talk about, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm all good. Thanks for having me on. No, it's an absolute honour and privilege, buddy, honestly. Um, yeah, I mean, like like me and Danny have discussed in previous shows and stuff, we, we're really proud of the cowboy guests that we're getting on. And you are like, you know, how can we put this? One of our champagne guests. We're re- really happy and privileged. Um, for people that don't know, um, and like yourself, Ken, we do have listeners all over the world, not just in, in the island of Ireland and Liverpool. Um, and people that don't know, and if you're, if you're a Liverpool fan listening to this podcast and you haven't heard of Boss Mites, or how it works, then catch yourself on, which they would say in Ireland. Um, Caden is part of the, the brand that is the Boss Knights, that is, you know, big Liverpool fans follow. I know you follow myself, don't you, Danny? I do, yeah. Yeah, I've heard a lot of Kieran stuff and a lot of Jamie's stuff. And I, I don't think you could be a Liverpool fan and haven't watched the Champions League final and not know who these guys are. I think if you haven't, you need to get on YouTube, you need to educate yourself a little bit on what's going on. Yeah, I wouldn't say, uh, without going too much into to, to my life, I wouldn't say my uh, my fiance is your biggest fan, Keen or James. For, for that matter, I've got my wee boys running around the living room <laughs> singing all the Liverpool songs. But uh, we'll come into that another time. But first of all, mate, so you know you're a local lad. You're from Liverpool. Um, where are you from? And, and how did how did you become a Liverpool fan? And you know, obviously, you're proud of you. So tell us a bit about yourself. Um, I'm, I was born in Walton, which is not too far from Anfield, L4. Um, I am a local lad. I've been a Liverpool fan all my life since, since as long as I can remember. Um, and first game I went to, I'm trying to the first game I went to, I think it was Nottingham Forest. We beat 5 1. I couldn't tell you the year. It was more here and stuff like that. Like I'm getting on a bit now. But um, yeah, I've been a Liverpool fan all my life. I started going in the game properly home and away when I could take myself to match at like 15, 16. Um, and I've been all over the world watching Liverpool. Liverpool are a massive, massive lover man and have given me some of my highest moments and lowest moments if you're if you're in Stoke away when we got beat 2 0 that time. Like but uh, <laughs> yeah, I've had some great moments watching Liverpool over the past 10, 15 years and I um, I don't think we're done yet. Now, obviously, for, for those that don't know, and especially we know, is that Liverpool are obviously famous for two things, which is the football teams and the music, and you combine the two of them. So where did that whole, before we go into the Liverpool side of things, where did the passion for music come from? Where, where's this Where's this originated in your life? 
similar times when I started going the game, um, I got my first guitar. To be honest, I was about 16, 17 when I started playing guitar. Wasn't a, I haven't played since a very young age. I was very keen on music from a young age. I've always like been dead into me, like, you know, Beatles and dead into like Springsteen and stuff when I was growing up with, with, with my mum and you know uncles and stuff I was listening to. So I've always been big into music, but I got I got a guitar at 16, 17, and I was rubbish at first. I've self-taught, so I'm really bad at first, like really, really bad. And I remember jumping in when I was 17, just from the little indie band in as I left school and stuff, because I just wanted to be around music. And at that time, I was still going home, actually, a pool home and away. So it was an, um, it's been a long slog but, but to, 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 you know, to get to this point. And there's been, I say, been some bad results and there's been some bum notes played on guitars over the past few years and getting there. But um, it's, it's, it's to combine the two and try and make, you know, well, we can't really have much of a life at the minute, but um, make a life out of it. It's it's something that I've always dreamt of, and I, when I picked up the guitar, I picked up the guitar to write music. That was the main thing I wanted to do, and we'll get into a little bit later about what what my plans are with that. But mm. that's why I got into music. That's why I learned guitar. That's why I'm not a massive whiskey. We've had loads of lessons because I only ever picked up the guitar to learn how to write music. And once I learned how to do that, I felt like wow, this is this is the best thing I ever did for myself. And then. Once, once you can write music and you can play music, you want to start doing it outside, you want to start doing it in places. And I, I did do that, gigged in young, as I was younger in bands here and there and, and done open mic nights and stuff. And, and combined the two, Boss Night, you know, was originally a, a fanzine, it was originally a magazine and it was read by the same type of people who used to want to get together on a Sunday afternoon when we were playing in the UEFA Cup and we were playing on Thursdays and Sundays. And that's when we boss sessions originated. It was a sort of open mic night. It wasn't necessarily like big Liverpool tunes all the time. There was obviously a few Liverpool songs thrown in. It we won a big game, but it was just all kinds of like music you associate with the type of people who you're who you're around. You know what I mean? All in the same type of music, and, and that's what it was. And it's obviously it evolved. It evolved at a, at a pace where. As we started going for the title and stuff under Rogers, it was getting really, really popular. And then we moved to District, which is where the bulk of the videos you've probably seen online from the old days of Bosworth in that warehouse type smoky setting. Yeah. Um, that was a uh, that was in a place called District, which is in the Baltic area, Liverpool. And we that became home of Boss for years. We've had some great nights in there, like really took the roof off that place many a time. And then Kiev, the Kiev season, you know, we we had a massive, massive like push for this European Cup and the movements. And but once, once we you know, we started playing well, really well, it was no it was no coincidence that what was going on off the pitch was picking up, picking up in pace as well. And everyone being on the same page for for the first time. But I can remember, like I'm a massive Rafa Benitez fan, but even when Benitez won a European Cup, I still remember people arguing in the ground over substitutes and transfers and was never 100% behind the manager and yeah. behind the club and for the first time I, I, around that Kiev or that day in Kiev I felt like that was the, the moment it was all going to come together and obviously it wasn't meant to be but we didn't know well we did know because we all knew exactly what we were going to do we all know we were going to go and win it but I didn't expect to be able to you know combine the two in that way where we were playing to a crowd that size and before a European Cup final that we eventually go and win yeah, I um, I don't know, Dan. We've had plenty of guests on the show, and uh, I don't think a guest has ever actually started 
making a point I was about to ask. I was literally just about to ask how did like Bosk start and how did you become, you know, you know such a cult figure around Liverpool fans as you are, Keenan. Um, what, I, what, I, what, I, what I would like to ask before we kind of dip into that a little bit more is you've mentioned there before, um, and I follow you on Instagram, and, and I see that you're a huge Liverpool fan. Um, you follow them home and away. It's part of your life. Um, me and Danny, you know, we, we, we're both scouts. We've both lived in Ireland for about eight years now. Um, and even when we lived in Liverpool, we both followed Liverpool as much as we could. We went to you know, plenty of games. But I wouldn't quite say that we were at the level that you're at going home and away. Um, and you just, as Liverpool fans, you know the type. There's a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a core group that do it. You know, if you're playing Stoke away, or, and I have been to away games, but someone like yourself, Keen, how is it affecting you right now? You know, you're used to following Liverpool home and away. And in this current pandemic and, and the way things are, how is that affecting you? Is it something that is a culture shock to your system and are you, are you really, really missing it? And before, and as I've mentioned this point, tell me one of your highlights um, of like traveling away. Because I know if, you, if you're a Liverpool fan of this podcast and you've not been on a coach in a away game, um, again, like what type of Liverpool fan are you? Because they are the, the best type of, you know, game. So yeah, over to you, Gideon. Yeah, well, first of all, I don't think there's a, a level to anything. Like, I, most of the times I've been in the game, there's still fellas out there who've been in the game a million times more than me, and I haven't missed home games in 40 odd years and that. So, there's no level to this. We all go much Liverpool as much as we can, you know what I mean? So, I get that across first and foremost. But, yeah, I have, I have spent many many years travelling and I've been to a lot of places watching Liverpool. Um, I've forgot where we were going at the start of that question there, but in terms of you saying the highlights of, yeah. of, of of going the match I definitely my proudest moment watching Liverpool came recently it was in Qatar when, when we when we won the World Cup Cup wow yeah I'm saying that was the biggest trophy I'm not saying that was the maddest I've celebrated because it wasn't to be honest um, but to be I remember being how old was I in 2005 12 11 in 2005 and um, I remember after that, seeing images of these Liverpool fans in Japan. I remember the banner on the dole in Japan drinking sake. And I was thinking, wow, imagine watching Liverpool in Japan. That's like, that's mad. I'm just like, I'm, I'm up for going to Blackburn. You know what I mean? Like, never mind going to Japan. <laughs> that's, like, that's that boss. You know what I mean? Imagine doing that. So, like, 10 years down the line to have, like, had so many highs, so many lows and been so fortunate to see the trophies come in that I've seen to win the European Cup and see Liverpool lift the European Cup and be there for Liverpool lifting the European Cup was European Cup's the pinnacle. Let's get that across. Like that's that's I am now we've won the league, I'll happily never win again we win the European Cup every year. That's I, I love that Sophie. But to to get in that World Club Cup and to go and play globally with Liverpool, you've got to win the European Cup. So once we've done that and it was like yeah there's, there's this tournament in Qatar that we that Liverpool lost in the eighties against Flamengo. And we like we lost it. We've never won it. That's the one thing that we, we we've never won. And for all the time I've been going the game, all the time I wasn't going the game when I was a kid and I was listening to uncles and mates' uncles and mates' dads telling me about like you know European Cup finals and coaches and winning at Stamford Bridge and all these sort of things. It's all been done. It's all been done before. Like even the European Cup. Like I'd seen it in Istanbul. Even that I went to Istanbul. But like, even that. 
that been done. You know what I mean? Yeah. Been done. Even as an eleven-year-old kid watching it on the telly, it's like Liverpool were back doing what they had done before. It would never. It wasn't never new ground, but we were never history that we were making in the sense that we'd never lifted that trophy before. So to get to Qatar and be a part of like a big, massive FIFA fan park and play against a thousands of people in the desert. And I mean, I don't know how many scouts have actually played in the Middle East before. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I get, wow, this is amazing. The hotels are boss and then they go like little hot towels when you go everywhere. Living to go to go and watch your team play in the in the Middle East and in, in, against the you know Brazilian it's just unbelievable. Like honestly straight to God when and when, when the trophy was lifted, I got that emotional. I was like, wow, no one's ever seen this before, no one's ever done this before. Like this is this is this is new Liverpool. We really are the best team in the world, and we've never been officially the best team in the world before. So that's definitely the proudest moments. Mm-hmm. The, the favourite moments, going to mention the European Cup, got to mention the league win, even even under the circumstances it was. I think it, it turned out to probably be it was sticking in the minds of many for many, many years that the way the way it happened and the circumstances it was in, it's still going to be a very special league win. The fact that, you know, how we done it, how good we were and, and the fact that we made the most of it, you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah that, I've got to mention that. Particular wins that stand out over the years, um, I've had a couple of good wins at Stanford Bridge, a couple of good wins at Old Stafford and lows, lows. I mentioned that Stoke game before, I think there's some bad ones like that. That Stoke game under the Roy Hodgson and we got beat 2-0 was like, I think our coach got the ale took off it as well that day. So like, <laughs> yeah. double, double whack, like, you know what I mean? Got beat 2-0, come out, we haven't even got a pint on the way home, like, it was, uh, it was, it was great. Kay, how, how are you missing that at the moment? How are you, like, that's what kind of the beginning of my question was. That's how are you one, coping yeah, that's Me, I'm missing it a lot. I mean, like, um, there's people who have done this longer there's people who do this more there's people who don't really have um, I'm fortunate to have the music as I said before I mean where we are in lockdown and we have been for nearly a year but I've, I've been able to write music I've been able to put plans together I've been able to focus on on that side of it while, and still be able to watch the pull on the telly so I'm not going to sit here and moan I am dying to go back to match yeah not half I mean this is the best team we've ever seen so like I feel I'm robbed of anything I'm not I'm not like sort of feeling like it's, it's getting to me like I need to go right now I need it back because we, we all need it back but it's a bit of a blow that I'm not going to be able to watch this this, this 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 fantastic side so I am really really missing it I'm dying to go back to Anfield but I'd say there's, there's we need, we need to all keep our heads with it and, and you know, and, and hopefully we'll, we'll be back soon and at the same focus if you can on other, on other things for now and try and take your Saturday afternoons and, you know, spend them making paper airplanes in the house because you can't go anywhere. <laughs> fair enough, fair enough. No, we have got a couple of, uh, a couple of viewer um, or listener questions um, as such, Kian, um, and then we will kind of dive into your personal stuff and, I know yeah. you've mentioned a couple of songs as well. So if Zoom allows us, we'll have a couple of songs, you know, exclusive to Ammo and Danny's Eyes Anfield Road tonight. Um, but a couple of questions here, Ken, if you don't mind. So I've got um, I've had a, a gentleman called Mark McCrossan writing, and he, he's asked me, um, and I'm going to try and make these quick quick fire, but, you know, if you need to go into juicy details, feel free. Yeah. Um, the first one, have you got any stories from Madrid and any anything kind of that, you know, give us a, an exclusive of a behind the scenes or something that no one knows? <laughs> We, well, all the detail and there. Well, to be honest, like 
before we played Madrid, we done the Echo Arena on the Monday night, a few days before, and um, Phil Thompson and a few legends, um, Alan Kennedy, you know, came out and done a little talk on the stage, like a send-off party. So we had a little berry backstage and all that. And then just as I was about to go on, um, the police were trying to shut it down because the noise levels and the, and the flares and smoke bombs in the crowd, right? So we were getting all around. We set nearly got pulled. So my head was like, whoa, what's going on here? And I felt this big, massive hand. I like Keogh. Some night that on Monday, weren't it? And it was two-time European Cup winner, Phil Thompson. Like, you know what I mean? What's... <laughs> all right, Phil, you know what I mean? Like, this is just a joke, isn't it? Like, I'm going to shut it down if you want. Like, this is just mad, isn't it? And then here's the share. So that was a bit of an, uh, a bit of an inside one there. Oh, fair enough. And then uh, who's your favourite ever banking? Beatles. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. You have yeah, to say Fair enough, fair enough. Mm. Um, couple of other last questions and I'll pass it on to Danny um, before we kind of go into your music career and a couple of songs. But I've been asked here, which is... Uh, it's a bit of a wee one. If there's a Liverpool player that couldn't play for Liverpool now, okay, not even one in the past, um, that doesn't have a song wrote about them, that doesn't, you know, we, we all know the usual Van Dykes and Firminios and Salah, yeah, yeah. but is there a player that plays for Liverpool at the moment that you think doesn't have a song that's a bit unappreciated? And who is that? And if you, <laughs> he, he asked, his name's Brian McNamee from Savannah here, and he asked, would you, would you, are you going to think about writing them a song or anything like that? <laughs> um... <laughs> Andy Robinson hasn't really got a song. It's just a bit of a chance, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, and I, I do think he's been our best player. But um, what about players in the past? Players in the past, I think. I don't think Gerard had enough good songs. You know, really? Gerard, you think Gerard was a little bit. He had a couple, didn't he? But like, Sydney's our best player ever. Had to be only have like that quick one that really we all know. We didn't have like a couple. Like, Mo Salah's got a great stint, hasn't he? You know what I mean? He's only been here <laughs> two years. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, that's no, good. good. Good point. And, uh, I, I, did you used to like the Jabby Alonso ones as well? Remember the Jabby Alonso ones? Well, you know, like, um, Kieran, I, I, I don't know if uh, you've listened to any of them, but um, that, I'll pass you over to Danny now because you've just um, picked them up here. Jabby Alonso is his favourite ever player, isn't that right, Danny? He is. He had a Christmas song and everything, Jabby yeah, Alonso. He, did, yeah. he was quality yeah, he, and he deserved it. <laughs> <laughs> I remember singing that on the cop many a time. Now, before we get into the, the music side of your career, obviously... You're like me, Walton, born and bred. Do you want grew up in the, the shadow. Like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. Grew up like just by where the where the Tesco is and all. So yeah, just nobody'll have a clue where that is who's listening to this. But yeah, just on the Tesco and Calvary. Used to be a quickie, and um, anyone knows what that was. <laughs> it is, yeah, back in the day. <laughs> Many a night playing footy in the car park there. Um but yeah, so you grew up, so obviously one of the big things about Walton is that if you live in Walton, you grow up in the shadow of Goodison Park. And we obviously, obviously, you're you're big into the music. You're big into obviously, you were big into the indie scene, which which had a massive following in the early '90s. You you look at the Lars, you look at the Wombats, you look at the Beatles. You got all these different big big artists in Liverpool. You you love the music scene. You love listening to it. You also love the football. How does it feel that that all you ever want as a kid is to either be in Liverpool or you ever want to be as a professional musician or a professional footballer. How does it feel to be able to do the music that you're doing and be associated to the club that you love? Like, what what does it give us a little feel of what the emotions like in there? I'd be honest, right? I don't try and think about the like, about that side of it too much. To be honest, because I just keep want to just keep going. I don't like sort of see this as like a sort of 
about me, especially the Liverpool stuff, like the own stuff, but maybe it's slightly different because that's tales of my life and that's the like, stuff I've written, you know what I mean? But like chants off the cop and stuff, that, that's I'm almost like a, a conductor there, you know what I mean? I'm like, I'm, it's not about me, it's about like getting the message to the players. And there's been a couple of times, remember me and Jay um, played the, played the, that La Bamba tune, Nan Nan and Abby Keita, and we've done it in district for the first time. And so one of the lads got a, t- a text, I think it was someone from the club or involved with the club saying, um, Nabby and Andy Rubble, I've seen a video and they're buzzing off it. And they change it because someone shouts Andy, Andy Rubble at the end of it like that. And I was thinking, wow, the first time here, we're actually reaching these players here. Like these, like the power of the internet. Where, and our coaches, well, I remember that page of Van Dyke song, uh, making an arsehole away. And I remember the video of it on the coaches, it got going. And by the time we got to the grounds, it was being sung in the grounds or the week after it was sung around the field. And it was normally like songs would take months and months and months and months to, to you know, to, to grow and get popular and go around all the pubs and coaches first. But now because the power of the internet, social media, it spread like wildfire. So to reach the players, it was like, wow. And then I remember BT done a thing where, where they showed Virgil, a clip of, of Jamie playing Madrid. This is... Do you know what the, this is actually affecting the players? It's got to be, you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's got to give them a buzz. If they're saying the buzz enough, they're not going to lie about that, you know what I mean? So, like, the, if, it's, if it's working and we're winning trophies, then we're all doing this together. So, it's not really about me in that sense, but it is very, 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 very special thing to be able to combine football and music together, two biggest passions, and take it around the world and represent my city and represent what I love, you know what I mean? So, yeah. Mm. No, that's cool. Like, and the only other question I want to ask you before we get into the music side of it is the same question that I get asked over here: is that if you grew up outside Everton's football grounds, how are you a Liverpool fan? But why don't you support <laughs> Everton? <laughs> it's a mad one, really, isn't it? Because um, like, if you're from Walton, there's no sort of like you're just a red or a blue, aren't you? Know, the lads I, I grew up with, by ours, my mates, they're all blues and on the corner, and they, they were massive reds, and there are fellows of reds. So we used to just like Sam pretend to be Liverpool players, you know what I mean? Michael Owen and all that. And if Liverpool won a cup or something, we get the flags out in the front, and then we just always been little Liverpool fans. But and then you, you, as you know, like if you, if you, you know, Morton, Ben Everton play at home, it's well, the car park space outside your house goes, and it's all the blue shirts walking past on it about 10 past two on a Saturday afternoon. And they usually walk back looking a little bit miserable, and you can buzz off them. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I don't know, I've always been in bed like, and uh, I love Walton, even though it is, it, it's it's out for help, and they're both grounds and under that postcode, so they're not having that. <laughs> ah, fair enough, fair enough, right, Kane. So, um, kind of coming towards the end of the show, so what we're gonna ask you, um, we're both fans of stuff. Um, you've mentioned that kind of briefly there that you, you you're going to do your own stuff. Obviously, the Liverpool stuff you've quite really you know greatly put that it's a, a bit a bigger part of everyone. It's not about you, so we respect that. And um, again, we we still we, we still love your, your music, and I'm sure many Liverpool fans will be watching yourself and Jamie. Um, and is it is it Timo? You you, you have a Guy that Demo, like, yeah, from the yeah. T Street band, yeah, yeah, he's a, he's a good cat. So I'm sure there's a, a lot of a, a lot of Liverpool fans all over the world that love that stuff. But let's talk about you, Ken, and your own music ambitions. And um, <clears throat> it, it, you know, it hasn't got a notice that Jamie has, has kind of forged a bit of a successful career for himself. Some great stuff. Me and Danny are big fans of the stuff. Um, I know yourself. You're kind of doing that for yourself now. What's your plans? And um, yeah, just tell us what your plans are, and what you've been doing during lockdown. Yeah, big fan of that Michelle. It's a fantastic album, by the way, fantastic. And he's done so great with it. And um, 
I have some of the plans to release my own music this year, yeah, as I said to you off air before, and things in the pipeline. I've got studio time booked in, I've demoed some tracks and working through them and picking which one was going to be a potential first release. Decided on that. Um, and yeah, there's going to be a, a bit of a switch over over the, couple of, the next couple of months from me, and it's going to be a lot more original material, a lot more candid photos of me looking like this and like that. Serious? We've got all that's coming, mate. Yeah, and it's, um, there's some good stuff there. I'll play the tune in a minute. But yeah, it's, I just, I want, I, I ticked the box in terms of a dream when I was a kid to play to a crowd that I couldn't see the end of. Visioned it being, I used to watch Oasis at Network and watch Glastonbury and, and be like, wow, imagine playing to a crowd that you can't see the end of. And I always wanted to play to a crowd that I couldn't see the end of. And it happened, we've done it in Madrid. And um, I've just mentioned before the five star treatment in Doha and stuff. It's not about that. It's like, honestly, I'm not looking for the buzz anymore of just being like, wow, I'm out my death here, aren't I? Like, this is unbelievable. I'm looking for a life in music. I'm looking to release good songs and record good songs and, and do things properly. And that's where that's where I'm at the minute, but gearing everything up about. I've got a good bit of time over over the over the lockdowns to to organise stuff and I say studio time's booked in and then what any official release dates, but I'll just say keep eye on the socials and that you'll see them switch over over the next couple of months as we, we gear towards the original stuff. Hundred percent. Well obviously uh, me and Danny will share everything we can. Um just before we hear a couple of songs, um again, just a couple of things on ask. So obviously the season, this season, as a Liverpool fans, it's been up and down. There's been different circumstances. It's been a weird season. Um, but the Derby's coming up. Um, me and Danny, our very first episode, um, what, about a year and three or four months ago now, Danny? Our first yeah. ever episode was about the Derby. And where we've come personally to where we are now to having a guest, the calibre of you on, is just unbelievable. So it's like every time we see a Derby, it reminds us and... Uh, after that win against Leipzig, which we needed so badly, the team needed that so badly, how do you see it going? And um, do you think this season we've got something to fight for in the league? Or do you think it's just a case of getting top four and winning the Champions League? So first of all, your derby prediction and how, how do you think the rest of the season will go for us? It's going to be a different derby to the one that you first started on. It feels a different derby to the one that you first talked about. I'll be honest with you, like, the, I'm, I said before that massive win against Leipzig, and we need it, and we need the European Cup. Um, but that's, that doesn't matter on Saturday. That that's like they are going to look for them open wounds, and they are despite their little injury concerns, they're going to try and beat us on Saturday. And we need to we need to win that game. It's going to be a tough tough derby, and I think we will win it. In terms of fighting for the league, and say, like, we're not going to win the league. It, do we need to put all our effort into the league? Not to the detriment of the European Cup, but a poor, poor domestic season can have an impact on on your on your following season. Mm. Whether that's keeping all the players, morale, mentality, how the manager feels about the project, everything. Like if you don't finish as high as possible, you think right, Sam, or you could end up missing out on fourth and get beaten in the European Cup final, semi final, and all of a sudden it's like. Going to do, and we've absolutely messed it up big time. So, yeah, we need to buckle up as quickly as possible and start and get and, and become difficult to beat. Mm. And that, that means going the rest of the season, beating and drawing five more games and finishing thirds. And I don't care whether we finish second, third, or fourth, to be honest. But we do need to make sure that we stop the leak, stop the goals going in at the other end, and we need to start looking like ourselves again. So, 
we do hit the ground running next season with a full pre-season and that. Um, it's going to be a tough one, you know, honestly. It's going to be a tough game, but I think we'll be... That's good. That's fair enough, yeah. Well, me and Danny will discuss that in the second half of the show, but in the meantime, Keaton, you're going to play a couple of tunes for us now, aren't you? Um, so, yeah. if you can, introduce a song and batter away and we'll just listen and enjoy. That's very much, First of all, I'll play an original tune. As I've mentioned before, I've been working on this. Is it? I'll probably play something that you would probably wouldn't expect me to be, given that you see me shouting and stamping in front of big crowds and being a lot of energy. So, the next one written tune. It's called Mad World Lately. Considering the world's been a bit mad lately, quite fitting to be honest. Hiccups of tea, oh, maybe 
I text Danny off there again. I was like, that's a tune, eh? <laughs> that's, that's potentially going to be a first release. It's got to be on a piano, but it's a nice tune, eh? I wrote it a few years ago. It's been like that's the worst year of my life. And it's basically a song about give up or don't give up, you know what I mean? That's the message. Like, you you, you got an excuse to give up or you, you use the excuse to turn mix up. It's, that's the old message of the song, but it's a good tune. I'll play that little tune for the Liverpool fans who are listening to pick up <laughs> There we go. Every other Saturday evening after it home, I'm shot to the hot shot go. I like to take over on the outfield road. Just me and the old house door. We look to see the lasses with their heads down. We look to hear the clock I stole. But I don't like to tell you that the best of all. We look to see the Liverpool store. What a tune! When he started that, I was like, "Yes, hear him, buddy." It's been an absolute privilege. Um, keep doing what you're doing. You're very honest to God. You're very talented. Um, I'm not just saying that. I've seen you live. I um, I kind of fan zone Jamie Webster uh, last year in Derry, and I, I met you briefly for about thirty seconds. I was, I was, as the eyes would say, stoven. Um, <laughs> I didn't appreciate the I didn't appreciate the talent that was in front of me. So hey, listen, good luck. I'd love to turn around in six months, years, years time and times are back normal. Um you've gone huge, our our podcast has gone bigger and better and get you on again. Um kid, it's been an absolute privilege, buddy. And I think it speaks for everyone and every Liverpool fan across the world. What you're doing with the boss night stuff and just a local lad from the city. I'm proud of you, lad. Nice one. Just for being you. Thank you very much. Well, it's great to meet you. It's honestly fantastic. Honestly, that's brilliant. Hey, thank you, buddy. Day. Anything else, Danny, to add? Or? No, that was great. Thank you so much, Caden. And it all came across amazing. And as I said, as someone, as a local lad, being able to get involved and be a part and reach the players and 
do what you do to provide even just listening to that last song the feelings that you get inside yourself to know that you do that for the fans it's amazing like so you're doing a, an amazing job and i'm looking forward to your album coming out Thank you very much we'll do it again soon that's 100 in the meantime folks Thank you for listening to Amo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Right, everybody, welcome back to Amo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road. Now, obviously, I don't know how we topped the first half of that podcast. Um, it was really, really good, and it was amazing to have Caden on and to be able to chat about his music and chat about the Liverpool stuff and I know in your face watching that ammo that you were you were buzzing and just listening to the songs at the end um but we've got to bring ourselves down to earth just a little <laughs> bit as we start to talk about Liverpool up and coming and obviously the week because last week we said hopefully we'll be sitting here with two Liverpool wins and Liverpool back up on the rise again now we finish, so obviously we've got a smile on our face now, and Liverpool having won in the Champions League, but we have to talk a little bit about the Leicester game. Going into that game, Alisson, morale a bit down, uh, Kabak playing his first game for Liverpool, we've seen another Alisson mistake, um, we see Liverpool routed, in my opinion, 3-1 by Leicester. What did, what did you make of that game? Danny, I mean, anyone that's watched that game, listens to the podcast, first 65, 70 minutes of the game, we were unbelievable. Mm. We played well. We just didn't have that finishing touch. We just played, we played brilliant. Leicester weren't really in the game. They had little, they had little moments, um, but they didn't really create much. We had so much possession, we played great. And um, I mean, the goal that we scored, the little the little turn from Firmino and then Salah won, won touch in the top in it was just like, wow. You know, at that day for me is contender for like goal of the month. It's not goal of the season, maybe not goal of the season, but you know, it, it's going to be discussed. And then I think what happened to us, and I think there's a couple of contributing factors. Um, the first contributing factor is that we're just not on ourselves. We haven't got our full send team out. Like Kabak at, at, at the back, you know, communication, and we're just not as strong as we were last season. Yeah. But I think you have to give Leicester credit. They wouldn't be, there'd be lots of teams this season or last that soon to go 1 0 down to Liverpool. You know, that's it. It's done. Just a, mm. you know, two, three, keep it at one. You know, have maybe nick a pin, no, pinch Nicholas potentially. But less than even at one nil down, 15, 20 minutes ago, they still believe they could win. Mm. And they've got the quality, you know, and, and that's what they proved. The free kick and the offside decision, you can chat about it all day. But we, I think we've both stated that if it's close, if it's that close, you, you, you can't really argue. You know, if it's miles high, but that close, you'd want to give them for yourself. So, no complaints there. Mm. Um, mistake by Thiago. He, he kind of is sticking his foot in too much, which is yeah. it's a worry. Um, and then yeah, we just comp- capitulated that, that you know it could have been a draw, and then that mistake from Allison and uh, Quebec. It, that day is just a shame. You seeing a young fella make his debut for Liverpool, um, and you just want Allison to kind of just have a a day where you don't really want to talk about it or just want to forget about it mm. and uh, he's he done that again and it was just and then the third one with Barnes at the end was just it was coming and it wasn't shocked whenever Leicester went 2-1 up you were just like what and then when they scored the third it was just like right okay and it's just it, it sums with pussy he's not brilliant and then injuries and mistakes have cost us uh, that's mm. it really Danny I don't know what more to say except for if, it, if that wasn't Leicester if that was another team we probably couldn't scrape the, a win if not a draw from that game because it was Leicester, the quality, the, the standing, what, second bid in the league, 
because they deserve to be there and they've got quality throughout the squad. So yeah. no complaints. It was heartbreaking because um, you just kind of knew that we had to bounce back after that City defeat. It was heartbreaking. Um, but yeah, I think that, that that's the nail in the coffin. Mm. It's just about getting top four and focusing on the Champions League. And that was uh, City. We got, we got we got laid in the coffin and it got shut. But Leicester was the nails in the coffin for me, you know. Yeah, yeah, and no, I totally agree with you. As they said, it was it was seven minutes, seven minutes to change the game, and and that's what they done. And and we know what that's all about. We remember our seven minutes in Istanbul, Istanbul, and um, like Leicester done that to us. And it was it was a tough one because they played the same game plan all the way through the game. Was just looking for that ball over the top, looking for Barnes, looking for Vardy, uh, and it was it was hard that they eventually broke through. And yes. As I said, it did come from mistakes, and that's the problem. And that seems to be summing up the poor season at the minute at all ends of the pitch. And I think it's easy to say about Thiago, and Thiago was was out of position, shouldn't have threw his foot in, shouldn't have took the free kick. Um, Allison as well, he should have had more sort of trust in Quebec, although it was his first game. He should have trusted him, the fact that he was going to get that touch and he was going to win it. Um, and then even up the top end of the pitch, one of the things I was complaining about watching that game was I just at the minute I have never seen anybody lose the ball as much as Firmino. Like nine times out of ten when he gets the ball, it's going back to their team every single time. And yes, he he done that amazing assist for Salah's goal. Um, but outside of that, he just looks like a man with with zero confidence in him. And I think that showed. And I think that's what it was, is that we were a team sort of bereft of confidence. Um, but... Saying that, we went into the Leipzig game and we were a completely different team. A team that looked hungry, a team that looked on fire, a team that wanted to win. Um, we passed the ball well, we tackled well. What did you make, the comparison from the Leicester game to the Leipzig game, what did you what did you make of it? Well, it's, it's really interesting that you say that, Danny. And I'm going to disagree with the way you said we look like a completely different team. Um, I don't think we did because I fought against Leicester. We were brilliant up until that seven minutes of calamity. What you could argue, and I think maybe, I don't know if you mean this or what you said, although we look like a completely different team, did we look like a completely different team because we got the two goals and we did end up winning the game? Or did we look like a completely different team because maybe it was kind of like the pressure was off of the league and it was like, you know, there's two ways looking at this Champions League one now with Liverpool. It's uh, there's one the first way looking at it is right, okay, put all your eggs in one basket and uh, this is all we've got to go for. Give it your all and kind of let the league take a, you know, a secondary step. Mm. Or oh God, this is all we can play for now. The pressure's on. Um, I just thought we were typical Liverpool, only I think I was sitting there, and this is no joke, and I, I'm ashamed to say this is a Liverpool fan, a football fan. Um, I was sitting there and I was kind of getting bored. I was like, oh, here we go. We had, you know, we had a few chances in the first half. I thought, you know what? It's only a matter of time before Leipzig steals some kind of jammy goal or deflection or penalty. <laughs> and then Salah just popped up and done, done what most Salah's done. And then the Manny, you know, it was about 10 minutes later, Manny mm. done what Manny does. And they were like carbon-type goals, only kind of opposite, you know, sides of the pitch. Yeah. And uh, as soon as Manny scored that second goal, it was just a relief. The time of the game was about 70-odd minutes. Um, sorry, maybe 60-odd, sorry, 65, 60. I can't remember exactly, but it was just the right timing of the goals. Yeah. Whenever you're watching a game of football, and you, you know, you sit there, and when it's 1-0 in any game, you think you're always, you know, you're sitting inside and you or if you ever watching it with someone, you tell them, I go, need a second, need a second. Mm. And it away from playing recently, we did, and then Manly popped up. And I don't think we played that differently to Leicester. I think we control the tempo. Leipzig are a good team. We've got good pedigree in Europe, the second in the Bundesliga. Um, 
I think your man at, at the, the back um, who's going to uh, Bayern, he had, he had a, a disaster. Yeah, um, he really did. But, you know, yeah, I mean, against Manny and Salah, like, it's that disaster. Like, they've, they've made the best defenders in the world look stupid before. So, mm. uh, you know, and maybe his head's not in it. But anyway, enough about him. Do you know what, mate? <laughs> it was a professional performance. It's what we need. The two-way goals. And for the circumstances are weird. No fans and hungry. But it's still, the, as Kieran said, it's a Champions League. It's mm. it's the pedigree of, of of how everything works and, and, and how football fans, you know, rate your team. And we've yeah. been in two finals in the last three years. We've got pedigree in Europe, even before that. You know, mm. six times European champions. You know, I don't know how many UEFA Cups we've won. And, you know, the history speaks for itself. So we've got to go all guns with this competition. And for me, it was a great comeback um, from the league. And I just hope we can swing it onto the league now because the kid made a good point. Um you know, you need good runs. I'd rather be, I'd rather play my full strength team in every game in the, in the league and kind of a momentum onto the European Cup than kind of rest plays in, in, in between. That's how I feel. How do you think the game went yourself, mate? I just felt that we looked a lot more confident on the ball. And I think that was the thing. The Leicester game, as I said, it's it's been typical of the league that we get the ball, we play it around the back four, we play it up the pitch. And then once it gets into the final third, we we kind of lose that confidence that we that we know we can score goals and we can play those key intricate passes and we've seen that in the Leicester game where the Leipzig game for me we we were trying it we were at least trying to thread those balls through we were whipping balls in from the outside which I haven't seen Trent and Robbo do for a couple of weeks now um, and for me we just looked like a team that that thought we were going to win and I said a few weeks ago that the Champions League for me massively favours Liverpool. Because in the league, every team is setting up against Liverpool that they're sitting there in two bags of four saying, come at us and see what you can do. And they're happy to take a draw because they're playing against the champions. And for them, a draw is a good result. And if they can manage to nick a win, then happy days. Champions League, you've got to come out and play. And that's what they said at the end of that game, is that if Liverpool wanted a confidence booster, what would they have looked for? They'd have looked for a team that plays further up the pitch, a team that's easy to counter-attack against. Leipzig knew they were at home, technically. Um, <laughs> so they, they had to come out and play. And that's what they've done. They played a high line, tried to play long balls. And Liverpool looked all day that they thought, happy days, this is our game. Um, the only question that comes out of it is the fact that we're saying, obviously, gets us that confidence back a little bit, going into the weekend here against Everton. But the the goals, I think if you're being sceptical about it, the goals were two mistakes from the other team um, that led to our goals. So they weren't exactly intricate passing that led to great goals. Um, so do you think there still is more needed to be done with that front three? Um, or do you think that is going to give us the springboard? <laughs> it's hard to say. Let's hope it's a springboard. But I think we, I think we, we, we pressed well. We're known for pressing. We've done all right. I think, for me, it was the best I've seen Thiago in a little shit. Mm. Um, he played well. Um, maybe the European competition suits him more, you know. And uh, maybe the, as you said in, in the pod previous weeks, you know, maybe there's that little bit of adjusting period in the Premier League, and maybe it's better days are to come. So it was great to see Thiago play well. Um, wasn't surprised to see Hendo at the back with Kabak, and you know he played well. Kabak got man of the match. I, I honestly think, and this is me being probably really harsh. I think he just got it because people wanted to give him a confidence boost. Mm. Um. But he was solid. He didn't do nothing wrong. You, you know, he good solid passing. You know, couple of blocks. Couple, good. Couldn't fault anyone in the team really. Um, 
and yeah, I mean, it was a professional performance. Bring them to Anfield or wherever it may be. And uh, you, you, you're relying now on Leipzig to score, you know, two, three goals more than what Liverpool do in a game, which it's, there's a chance they might draw. There's a chance they might make a goal. But can you see Leipzig getting two or three goals more than Liverpool? I, I just don't see it happening. No. Um, so, you know, I would fancy Liverpool to win at Anfield or wherever it's played, but I would certainly fancy us not to get beat. Yeah. So um, I think that's just one foot in, in, in the quarterfinals, and uh, it gives us something to shout about because it's been a, a hard couple of months, Danny. You know, mm. um, and as I said, we've got the derby coming up, which we're going to discuss now. But it's been a tight couple of months, and uh, it gives us something to shout about. And um, you know, we, we record this podcast on Thursday night, and United stuffed some Spanish team <laughs> four or five nil tonight in the Europa League, and they're all going on like that was brilliant. But you know, who cares about Europa League when in the UEFA Champions League? What else I'm going to say? Exactly, exactly. Until we're in it, it's rubbish. <laughs> That's it. But obviously we needed that win going into this Everton game because it's it's probably going to be one of the tighter derbies. We've said, we said in the last derby at the start of the season, which obviously was what was the catalyst of all the injuries that we've got, um, was that that was going to be such a hard derby. Um, but going into a game without the players that we've got in the run of form that we've had, do you think this is going to be a potential really big banana skin for us with Everton being on the up? Or do you think, it is, as the classic saying goes, that if you're a team that's on a drought or a team that hasn't won in 10 games, play against Everton? That's what everyone says, because Everton <laughs> generally, when they play against teams that can't score goals and have been on a big run of losses, you come up against Everton, it's a guaranteed win for you. Do you think that's what this weekend is going to be like? Oh, Danny, mate... Um... You, you, you hit the nail. Here's a banana skin. If there's ever a banana skin, it's, it's Everton with pull this weekend. Half five, Saturday kickoff. Whole whole world watching, wanting Everton to do us. You know, there's going to be, and every single fan across the country, across the world, apart from Liverpool fans, are going to be biggest Everton fans come Saturday, half five. Um, yeah, but you know what, Danny? I think we're going to win. I think, what better way? Okay, we've got the win against Leipzig, like, got a bit of confidence. Played well against Leicester, played well against City and Pots. But what better way just to get the result now? And Jürgen Klopp has proved that he knows how to get results. And there was rumours flying around on social media in between our last spot and this pod about him potentially going. And uh, me and Danny were texting one night quite late, um, hearts breaking, you know. And uh, I'm just glad the gaffer's there. And what, what, what better way than Everton? What better way to... I don't care if it's 1-0 with an own goal in the 90th minute. I don't give a toss as long as we win this game. Mm. How do we see it go? It's going to be tough. Obviously, Everton have got, you know, they got beat against City there, but they've, they've had a great season. Let, 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 let's not, let's not, bull- excuse my French, they've had a great season. Um, and Everton fans are proud of their club. They've got pedigree now with Ancelotti and, you know, James Rodriguez and Calvin Luna, Cal- Calvin Luna in the form of his life. Um, you know, you've got your, your key players like your Sigurdsons and your, your Coleman still doing jobs. So, you know, Apart from little arms and goal, they've got a really decent squad. <laughs> and um, it's going to be a tough game. But every Premier League game is we've proved that. You know, your West Broms, your Newcastles, your Burnleys, Everton are better than them. They're a step up. Yeah. And uh, we just have to win. Danny, my prediction in the Everton game is going to be 1-0. Um, don't care how we score. Um, I don't care how it happens. We just have to win again. I wouldn't even say it's a, it's a must-not-lose. It's a must-win. Mm. And uh, see, if we get, see if we get beat come Saturday. Half seven, eight o'clock. I mean, you think Man United fans are listening, are hard to listen to on social media? Can you imagine 
if ever ever beat us on uh, on can you just imagine Danny? I don't even want. I'm getting like I don't know anxiety thinking about. Imagine if Everton beat us on Saturday. I'm going to delete my social media. <laughs> what do you think? There's nothing worse, as as we know, we've alluded to it before on previous pods. There's nothing worse for me. You've got the games against United, all the rest of it, and you've got the the stuff that goes on on social media from a, a family perspective and all the rest of it. There's nothing worse than losing to Everton. We all remember it. The the one time it happened in the ni- early nineties. Um, and they still don't shut up about it now. Like if you lose to Everton, yeah, it's it's gonna, it's just. Danny, do you not find you get that get that one cousin or that one friend that you went to school with or that, that one guy that you you played five aside with for a couple of years that you never chat to? He'll pop up like like an ostrich out of nowhere, won't he? And he'll yeah. be like, oh, oh, and he'll just, I know, I know them already, and it's like, <laughs> please God, no, we have to win this game. We have never, have never. Pleaded to God on, on this podcast before, <laughs> but he's ever a game we have to win. It's against Everton Football Club on Saturday night, please. <laughs> and it's hard because Everton do have a good team, and yeah. one of the things that we can say about Everton, which we haven't said before, is the fact that they've got players coming off the bench that are solid as well. You, you've got Decore sitting in midfield. Tom Davis is playing really well. Awobi's coming on and doing a job, and then they've got a lot of strength. Like I, I hate. I hate playing against them, but Yeri Mina for me is a great player, and I think <laughs> he's going to make life really, really difficult for Liverpool on Saturday. Bring, bring, bring back, bring back Fanny Jefferson Lee Cardley. That's all right. <laughs> 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 I, don't know, hey. I mean, when their yeah, best I, export I mean, was yeah, Thomas Gravison. Yeah, Tommy went around with it and made like three appearances and never seen again. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, Danny, do you know what, mate? They have got quality, and uh, all jokes aside. Um, it's a it's a huge game just because you know we need to stop this route. Um, but no better way, Danny. Yeah. Um, class. Uh, there's, a, there's an old saying that you hear all the time: form is temporary, class is permanent. And uh, this Liverpool squad is is class, and mm. our manager's class. The football club is class, and uh, that's no disrespect to Everton. But if both teams play to the maximum ability, come Saturday half five, Liverpool win. Mm. I think it's going to be a really interesting one. And as you said, if we can win it and we can win it convincingly, it's the type of game with the fans behind you and all the rest of it that can really kickstart the season. But if you lose it, it's also a game that can really send you down a spiral. So for me, it's a pivotal game. I think in typical recent derby sort of standards, I'm I'm going for one all. I think it's going to be a draw. I'm going to say one all. I think it's going to be tight enough. I think Liverpool still probably putting Henderson at the back and not bringing in Davis and things like that. I can see us struggling a little bit. I think Calvert-Lewin will get in and cause a bit of a nightmare there. Um, but I can see Liverpool getting a goal from somewhere. So I'm going to go one all and we'll see We'll see how it goes and see how the season progresses from there. But that's all we've got time for this week. Um, so hopefully we'll be speaking to you next week with a win under our belt or at least a good convincing performance that we can take in Uh, to the following games which is going to be the Sunday after Um, so we'll have plenty to talk about in terms of the derby next week but thank you so much for listening to Ammo and Danny's Irish Anfield Road Sports Social Podcast Network